0: they asked like
1: Yeah.
0: and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash just This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast all about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra Demolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we are going to be talking about men who just won't break up with us, Uh, queerness and coming out, abusive relationships, and whether there is good love out there for us. Is there? (laughs) (laughs) But first, we want to just give you a Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about.
0: Not at all. In fact... um we talked about, uh, like, parking tickets last episode, I think. And uh-huh. You got another one? No, but oh. you made fun of me when we arrived at the studio because I parked, like, three <laughs> feet away from the curb by accident. And I was like, YOLO, it'll only be there for an hour.
1: Uh, not only did you fail at parking, but then you were just like, ah, fuck it, and walked away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sam's like, you're literally in the road. And I was like, whatever. That's um, fine. In my defense, I'm a great parallel parker, not so great at relationships, which is why you should take <laughs> our advice as you see fit. Uh, we're just here to offer some musings and hopefully some laughs on the rewarding but incredibly confusing thing that is love. That's right. Welcome to episode 10.
1: Woo-hoo, we're in the double digits.
0: Double digit.
1: How do you feel? <laughs> double digit <is laughs> It's not know. a thing that we say.
0: My ex boss. <laughs> My ex boss used to abbreviate things that like weren't meant for abbreviating. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. um creamer, she'd be like, Get the Cree or like she What? Or she'd call um a microwave, instead of calling it a mic, which we all call it. Who? Do people call it a mic? Like stick no. it in the mic for ten no. minutes?
1: Even Spencer is shaking his head.
0: Okay, well, um, <laughs> I feel judged, but my boss used to call it a wave. She'd be like, put it in the wave for 10 minutes that's or whatever. Cute. I like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just can't. I just feel so... You're just so hot and cold, Sam. Sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're cold. Yeah. Am I a Taylor Swift lyric yet? not that... No, that's Katy Perry. Oh, my bad for not fucking knowing Pop- Sierra, how do you know that how do you know that you know my you want to quiz me on indigo girl lyrics then <laughs> i <I'm... laughs> really
1: do not want to do that <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're actually such good writers they actually taught me a lot about poetry oh yeah everybody go listen to the indigo girl song ghost and um cry and make fun of me for how much i love it
1: that's great also then go listen to Katy perry's hot and cold and then write a compare and contrast for us <laughs> on twitter
0: <laughs> hashtag <English> majors <laughs> anyway hi how are you uh i'm good i'm great this is my favorite thing every week um what is our check-in topic today
1: um our check-in topic is things that remind us of our exes
0: (laughs) 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 gross i just peeked in my mouth
1: yeah why are all of our exes awful
0: i don't know they're not all awful
1: no that's not true
0: i know but there are
1: some very nice ones
0: yeah and then there are some ones that are like a bed sore. Yep, <laughs> on my history, <laughs> like just roll over and take a bath, <laughs> get it like a bed sore. Yeah, I got it. Okay, well you were looking at me like you didn't. So, um, yeah. What reminds you of your ex?
1: Um, like things, to this day. Yeah, things that are flavored like grape.
0: I love grape flavored things. Yeah, so did he. Ooh.
1: Yeah, a grape vape was his favorite drink, and if he wasn't drinking that, he was drinking Stoli Blue vodka and
0: diet pepsi wow does is is he unwell right now like that's (laughs) Uh -uh. that's like a pretty unhealthy (laughs) diet yeah yeah yeah
1: he might be i don't know
0: yeah okay probably not all right right okay what What about you he's probably listening to the podcast right (laughs) now and he's like you damn right i like that
1: uh the denny's that we passed on the way here where we used to get breakfast when we were really hungover.
0: Ah uh, yes, so you're basically telling me your ex is trash because grape flavored things <laughs> and Denny's you remind drink. you of it's him. Just like
1: grape vodka out of a like a fountain, and then just like go to Denny's.
0: That's uh, a
1: lie. That's, you didn't do that.
0: Uh, I didn't think I could dislike that person more. <laughs> I mean, I actually like enjoy those two things, but you, but <clears throat> that definite like that that definitely sounds like a really terrible. um like what is it a misconnection ad you know like you were the guy like slurping
1: grape apes at the bar yeah, yeah.
0: at denny's <laughs> not at the bar in booth 24 Ugh, um yeah. anyway uh things that make me think of my exes uh mediocre sex <laughs> Um, inconsistency. Wow. No, I'm just oh kidding. Oh my god, I'm just you're kidding.
1: taking this to a different level than I thought we were going to be.
0: I know in. <laughs> uh, things that make me think about my ex songs. Yeah, like I'm I'm a super phonetic person, or like you know, songs always take me places. Yeah. Um, the smells of certain cigarettes. Honestly. Oh yeah. Um, let's take it way back. I don't know. Maybe I just block them all out.
1: Seriously. <laughs>
0: maybe. Well, no, it's like, I don't know, I think about, uh, like, going out, like, certain exes I used to go out a lot with, mm-hmm. like, going out to the club or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think about cooking, like, certain meals for my mm-hmm. exes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm bad at this one. <laughs> I honestly just think that I choose not to think about them. Or maybe I'm so suck- fucking self oriented that i'm like it's all about me <laughs> all of these things remind me of me and yeah. then whatever like bug was following me around that day
1: <laughs> yeah no i feel like it's hard to it's hard to think about them but then once they happen it's like
0: yeah Whoa, maybe that's, that's right it. i'm back like, in this
1: like 17 years ago yeah
0: oh here's a good one like it, it's not even a painful one but like my ex of 12 years ago always drank blue moon so like to this day mm-hmm. when i see blue moon i think of her um and, yeah, or I, I don't know, songs are—oh, oh. TV shows, Tudors. Oh, yeah. I used to watch Tutors with one of my terrible exes, and I always think of him when I see any of, any of the actors in yeah. that show. yeah. And another one is The Wire, which is such a great TV series. Mm-hmm. I've never—I'm going to out myself right now—I've never actually finished the fifth season because I've started— to watch that series with three different exes and we broke up before the fucking series ended and I'm d- now it's just like cursed.
1: Uh, that sucks. And
0: it's such a good fucking...
1: But it is totally a show that like when you're starting to date someone, they're like, oh my God, have you seen The Wire? And like make you sit yeah, down and watch me. it. that's
0: me. That's me. I'm like, I like duct tape you to a chair. But then that's once great. we hit the fifth season, things go wrong. Anyway. Triggering.
1: That's triggering.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think about... I think... I, I think because I'm a poet and I self-reflect a lot and I just like believe in like emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. I think about my exes a lot and I think about how I carry them Mm. and how they feel like um, the memory of them feels inside of me because I I really struggle with like carrying hurt or carrying somebody that feels toxic to me. Like it feels like. I have to pull splinters of them outside of me or mm. out of me in, yeah. with different memories. So I think I do a lot of work to process the way I remember exes. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. Yeah. Here's another way you can do it. Just repress everything and then like <laughs> have, have sudden random things remind you of them and then yeah, be like yeah, really yeah, flustered. Yeah, yeah, Like
0: the Denny's on Lake Street. <laughs> That's now closed. Anyway. Yeah. So X's. They're just a thing yeah they are so hey, you maybe, can either like
1: talk about them or not talk about them yeah, whichever maybe, you want to do maybe
0: that's like the summary of our of our lesson this this episode which is just like X's. one day they'll just be a thing <laughs> you know one day they will just be a memory they'll be a grape flavored candy that you see that's and right. they won't be this big painful thing anymore true see that's good I made it poetic that's a
1: great that's a great lesson for all of us to take away <laughs>
0: All right, let's get into the letters.
1: Great. So our first letter is from Jenny M., who's writing from Chicago. And Jenny writes, I was in a relationship with a man for eight years. Most of our relationship has been long distance. This is his first serious relationship. Honestly, our relationship has always been a little rocky. We are very different people who handle things very different ways, but we always found a way to work it out because of our deep love for each other. He understands me more than anyone, and I am miserable without him. Mm. This is the man I want to marry. Fast forward to this year, and things started to fall apart. We start fighting constantly. He became distant and withdrawn, then broke up with me. When he broke up with me, he told me it was permanent. The thing is, I was supposed to fly there to spend the holidays with him this fall, a few weeks later after our breakup I told him that I would not be going to visit. He got very upset and backtracked. He said that he would rather or he said that rather than break up we should hit pause until the fall when we could be together in person and then reevaluate our situation and decide. Mm-hmm. He reiterated he wanted to be uh, with me in the future but could not do it now. I asked him if he stood by that even if it meant he might lose me forever and he said yes. I told him that wasn't fair to me and he said he did not want to give up on us. But he did not see any way to carry on without taking the space. He told me if I needed to move on, I should, because I would be happier with someone else anyway. However, after that, he continued to talk to me as normal. We talked daily. He he still tells me he loves me, wants to be with me, assured me that there is no other woman, and I am certain that is true. But rather, he thinks we need to grow separately to be able to come back together in the fall. I told him I'd fly there, and he told me not to come. I told him we could take a vacation together this summer to work things out in person, and he told me no. I don't know what to do, guys. He says a a thousand different things. I'm trying to be cool, to be laid back, to act like this doesn't hurt, but I'm so miserable. I don't understand how he could do this. He's saying one thing, but his actions say something else. I don't know if I have the strength to leave him. I love him Mm -hmm. so much, I feel pathetic and awful. Please help me sort this out. I don't know what happened, and I don't know how to proceed. All I know is I'm miserable with or without him at this point.
0: Oh, Jenny.
1: Yeah, that... That sounds very difficult.
0: Yeah, and I also just relate to it. I think a lot of our listeners will, too. Like, just when you're at that, I don't know, push comes to shove moment, but there's no push, but everything feels like a shove. That doesn't make any sense, but you know what I mean.
1: That was great. Thanks. <laughs> Poetic? <laughs>
0: uh, um, okay. First things first. Why try to be cool and laid back and act like this doesn't hurt when mm. it literally does hurt and it's not fucking cool? Right. Like that's so um, we're kind of trained to take it. We're kind of trained to roll over and take it when someone we love mistreats us. Yeah. And Jenny, like, what the fuck is cool about this? Like, why do you have to be cool? Um, I know I understand that instinct, but I'm, I'm just trying to um, point out first, like, hey, this is a... S- this is a relationship for eight fucking years and he's becoming distant and breaking up with you and being inconsistent and giving you a million different mixed messages. He's making you be crazy. Yeah. So why try, why do the emotional labor of suppressing what he's bringing out of you?
1: Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, he's the one that is, that is being uncool at this point. Right. So like you have the right to be uncool right back at him because this is just such unacceptable behavior to break up with someone and then want them back but on a break which like to me feels like he just doesn't want you to like go be your own person and like be with someone else yes. like he wants to keep you close enough in without having pocket. to commit right
0: yeah i also jenny if you were my homie i would say are you sure there's not something else going on the side mm. and i and i've said this in past episodes like i'm not the conspiracy theorist when it comes to cheating Mm-mm. Um, and I just don't jump to that, but like this screams red flags to me right now, Jenny. And that's kind of hard for me to say to you because I know that might, um, discolor an idea of you, you have of him or make you paranoid or you might think that I'm, I'm crazy, but, um, (laughs) Yeah, if I'm being if you were my like girlfriend, I would be like
1: Oh, for sure. And I wanna say that like we trust you when you say yeah, that you yeah, don't yeah. like that you feel that nothing is going on and that's great. But like from an outside perspective, when someone is yeah, you, is committed you, and then suddenly is like, No, but I wanna take a little break, it, it to me it feels like he's trying to see what else is available and out there.
0: Or that he has something going on. Yeah, Yeah, you know what I mean? like like he
1: wants, he's exploring like some other relationship. Right, and he
0: wants to do it a little bit safe, more safely. That might not be true at all, (laughs) but if you were here sharing a glass of rosé with us, we would be like, um, squirrel friend, what's good? (laughs) Um, also we think that he is, he might be trying to break up with you but doesn't feel like he has the strength to do it completely because you guys have been together for so long and breaking up with someone that you love or have history with is and always will be a really terrible thing to do. It it will always feel awful.
1: Yeah. And breakups are often not clean, right? Right. Breakups are often like you break up and then you come back together and then you sort of like fizzle out. Yeah. So sometimes they're very cut and dry. Like we're done. This is over. But a lot of the times this is what, What breakups tend to look like
0: because you like, you
1: know, you don't want to be with them, but like you want to be with them. And like your support network is this person. And then suddenly they're gone.
0: Just like you said, Jenny, you said I'm miserable with or without him at this point. And I don't um, like forgive us if we sound really blunt because we were like, (laughs) one, he's probably cheating on you. (laughs) Two, he's trying to break up with you. Like we're not trying to be blunt assholes. I think we're just trying to give you the feeling the initial ideas that we're getting from this letter, which yep. is he's giving you these crazy mixed messages, and the, and and he doesn't know what he wants, and he's put what it is, it's his. Inability to know exactly what he wants, his desire to want to maybe be a part and grow and learn, but also not lose you, that him existing in that unsurety Mm -hmm. is forcing you to be the one that has to play your hand. Yes. Does that make sense? Like you have to be the one to say oh, my God, I want to be with you or let's make this work or let me try to come to you. And then he has the privilege of saying, no, don't come visit me. Yep. No, not quite yet. But he knows that he has you on hold. Yes. But the second that you were like, hey, I'm not coming to visit you, he instantly he's like, oh, no, what do you mean? I can't live in this fucking gray area where I get everything that I want.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can speculate all we want Mm -hmm. about what. And we are totally just speculating. (laughs) Which is what we would do if we were all out to brunch, for sure. But it's clear that, like, we can speculate all about this all, but at the end of the day, like, let's get down to you and what you need to do in this moment, and it's clear that he is forcing your hands Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that he's not allowing you the time and space to decide what you want and how you're going to heal from this. Right.
0: He's preventing you from healing in any way. He's preventing the healing of your relationship. If you guys want to get back together and like rebuild this bond. And he's also preventing you from moving on and starting the grieving process. Yep. You are in the middle. It's like. It's like when somebody's passing on and they and they and they, mm. they haven't quite let go yet. Yep. But they but they're so they're disconnected from reality. Um right. Or the their consciousness.
1: Right. And yes. And the the relationship itself has changed now. Right. Mm. It's not forever. what it was. It
0: it, it is forever changed. Yep. And that's the and that might be the sad blunt truth.
1: Yep. And so now the question becomes, what do you do with this relationship that has been given to you that is not what you thought it was going to be? Mm. And so that's the question that you need to be asking yourself at this point, not thinking about the eight years that things were good, but thinking about the here and now with the reality that you have in front of you. Are you happy? Does this work for you? And if it doesn't, then it's time for you to say no.
0: I think that's so good, Sam. And I want to like pull out an idea in that and ask you about it, which is... We, you were just saying, like, don't think about the eight years that you put into it. Think about the now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really hard for people in love is that they think like, oh, my God, I've invested so much. I've dug this well. I've put all this work into it. And you feel like that investment, that time is like collateral that you can't lose or like or or like gives it more weight, which it does. Don't get me wrong. It totally does. But I I don't know. Can you speak to that in your own experience?
1: Yeah. So there's. I have both good experiences in that and bad experiences in that, yeah. right? Like breaking up with someone that you've been with for a while is embarrassing. Like mm. it feels embarrassing damn. because you what have a
0: good word. I mean, like it's a terrible word, but it's such an accurate word. Yeah.
1: I mean, when I broke up with him, like mm. that was the number one feeling that I felt was just embarrassed yeah. because I had put so much time and energy into this person. And
0: justification.
1: Yeah. And people didn't like him. And then like at the end of the day, I was wrong. And it was just I just felt so devastated that mm. I had like and it was hard to to want to break up because it was like, well, I've put so much time and energy into this. much time and energy into defending him that like how can i do this how can i say that i was wrong about the last few years but also you know like my relationship with peter has also changed right um it's different than it was when we started right and the the four years that we've been together isn't a a a thing that i set aside it's actually like part of the reason why i want to continue to be with him Mm. because i'm like we had four good years and I know that we can have more in the future. Right. And so I want to to continue to work with him on our relationship to make sure that it can yeah. move forward in the future. But that requires him and me yeah. being equal players in that commitment to work together.
0: And, and what I'm hearing from you is that the investment, the time in relationships has to be equally weighted to the present. Yep. You can't just say like, hey, we've been together for eight years. Yep. And now you're ghosting. What the fuck do I do? It has to be equally weighted to how you are, how you're being treated right now, Jenny.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, the fact that you had eight good years together is awesome and impressive. Like there's nothing. But also
0: you said that it's always been a little rocky. So maybe maybe it's time to cut that cord.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm reading that. I'm reading that again. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So take, take a look, take stock of what's around you. and. Utilize think about the what resources he's are. Preventing you, have. you
0: from having too. And right. don't get me wrong, girl, like it's terrifying to think that you could be losing a support system. It's terrifying mm-hmm. to think about being alone. Yep. Um, I think I stayed with some particularly one partner because I just didn't think I could get through the day without their support. Yep. You know, because I was going through a hard time because I yep. they knew everything about me because of the investment, you yep. know, like how the fuck am I going to do this again? Yeah. You know, yep. but um, I think we want to end on one idea that maybe puts some hope into this. If we didn't just totally <laughs> smother any future <laughs> hope about this relationship, which is that w- Sam and I believe that breaks work. Like if your boyfriend or your ex-boyfriend wants to take a break, we believe that breaks can work if they are breaks. Yep. If you don't speak to each other and you don't, continue the behaviors that you don't want to continue on into your next relationship sure
1: and that you don't hold people accountable for the things that they did in breaks
0: yes ross
1: ross (laughs) (laughs) but it is true i mean if right so you can't you can't come back from this break and be like what did you do like tell me everything about it and then hold that against them because like
0: That is a time for you guys to grow independently and then decide if you're ready to put that work into solidifying your relationship with the future. You just have to tell him that. And uh, maybe the last thing we want to say is just empower yourself, Jenny, to have fucking standards for this guy. Like you, you have put eight years of your life into this person. You have every right in the world to say, this is what I need from you. These are the boundaries that I'm going to draw. This is what I'm going to demand from you because I have invested in you and I deserve this respect. Absolutely. back.
1: Absolutely. Jenny, you deserve a good partner who is there for you, who shows up in the way that you need them to, who's willing to, to grow through bad times with you. Totally. And it sounds like this person that you are with is not that person. Totally.
0: All right. Thank you, Jenny, for writing in. Good luck. We yeah, love you. We, we love believe you. In you. Up next, we have K.W. writing from Chicago, another Chicagoan, (laughs) Chicagoan, Chicagoan, this is why I should practice. beforehand. (laughs)
1: Uh, This is the least prepared I've ever been for one of our episodes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. All right. So K.W. is 20 years old um, and they say, hi, loves. Her
1: pronouns are she, her and hers.
0: Yep. They included it. Thank you so much for including them. She says, hi, loves. First of all, wow. Thank you so much for an amazing podcast. I know your disclaimer says neither of you are professionals, but your advice is so intersectional, trauma-informed, and powerful. Thank you for empowering so many of your listeners to make the best choices for them in their unique circumstances. KW, we love you. thank you. (laughs) That's such a great, um, that just like, I don't know, boosts me up. I feel wonderful. And I love that you said intersectional, trauma-informed, and powerful because we really try to come at it from so many different angles. Yeah. Um, my question is some only somewhat related to relationships, but I could really use any guidance on it. I'm queer and super out in my college campuses college campus, but very much closeted to my parents who are not at all accepting of the community. I had a long term relationship with a female partner that ended up being very abusive, which I still haven't gotten closure on, even though it's been about a year and a half since we were not in any sort of intimate relationship. Since she was the only girl I've ever been in a committed relationship with, a lot of the associations with my identity are tied up with trauma from that relationship and from my upbringing in a very homophobic religious Mm -hmm. institution. My questions are, how, if at all, can I divorce my identity from these negative associations? And... I'm tired of hiding my identity from my parents, but know that coming out would totally change how they see me, especially if they knew I lied to them for years while dating my ex-girlfriend. I do want to come out to them, but I'm terrified of how they will treat me as I'm still somewhat financially dependent on them. Should I finally come out to them after lying for years, or should I continue to hide one of the most important parts of who I am? Thanks again for the love and support you give to your listeners, KW.
1: Oh, I love that We love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) This is great.
0: Yeah, so affirmations
1: for us <laughs> we get to talk about queer stuff yeah, it's just fantastic this is, just us.
0: <laughs> this is gold as Sam would say um okay KW let's answer your first question first and I really love this question um because again we talked about like what in the beginning of the episode we talk about um things that we may that our exes that or that we that make us think of our exes yep and honestly out when I was getting out of one of the like most important relationships in my life, I like couldn't go to lesbian bars because like everybody had a short, cute lesbian haircut Mm. at the time. And I was like, Oh, you all look like her. Like (laughs) let's talk about triggers in that way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Obviously you're talking about a little bit more serious um, associations um, and, and trauma informed ones, KW. But I, I, I think that's so real because so much of the queer community um, has really like Uh, excuse the pun, but loud and proud um, affiliations, I guess. Yeah.
1: And I mean, so your queerness is connected to your trauma, but it it is not the only thing. The trauma is not the only part of your queerness. Right. right? And like, I think that for me as a, as a queer person, um, who also like grew up in a very conservative part of the country and like faced a lot of homophobia. um, My family was great and I didn't have the same trauma as you, but But being able to find things that felt great about being queer. And it sounds like Mm -hmm. you have some of that because you're super out and active on your college campus. Mm -hmm. But um, finding that community of folks who like get me and love me and like want to be with me, um, you know, finding ways to talk about my queerness and push for myself and my community has been really meaningful. And so being able to associate my queerness with those good things sort of got me out of that mindset of like being queer is bad or I have to act as straight as possible mm. because that's the only way that I'm going to get legitimacy and like that sort of yeah. self-hatred that happens. Um, and so it sounds like you're working on that and it's it's great. And I, th- I think just continue to to find those good things about being queer that, that give you life.
0: Right. And I think about it again in terms of like what makes us think of our exes. Earlier I said songs mm. and KW, I really think that divorcing your identity from these negative associations is just head and heart work meaning mm-hmm. think about like a song that always makes you think of your ex mm-hmm. and in the breakup or in the relationship, it was so painful to listen to that relationship. Like when you had broken up and, yep. and you couldn't listen to that song without crying or like pulling the car over or, yep. you know, everybody has that song that they have has totally changed once the relationship was, o- was over. Yep. But also think about KW like, Think about the fact that if you listen to that song a hundred times, it slowly changes its meaning mm-hmm. and it slowly recodes itself in your brain. So I think that it's more simple than your heart and your hurt is letting you realize um, yeah. that it's just going to take a little bit of time it's mm-hmm. going to take a little bit of like intentional rewiring in your on your part meaning like hey i'm safe here i'm whole yep. here my identity has nothing to do with the way that my ex has failed me yep you know and that if anything maybe think like i love who i am i love my queerness and i'm going to make myself open to somebody in my community who can love me better. For sure. You know, you just don't want to close yourself off from what you said is one of your favorite parts about you.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's your queerness isn't what caused that trauma to happen to you. yes, Right. Like, like trauma happens to people regardless of their gender identity, sexual orientation. And like the people who have done horrible things to me have all been men,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) which yeah, we can talk about toxic, (laughs) toxic masculinity at some point. Uh, (laughs) But that doesn't mean that like they happen to me because I'm gay. Right. Like, it just means that like horrible people are out there that exploit people. Yep. Um, and has nothing to do with the fact that that I was a gay man having sex with other gay men.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sam's autobiography. <laughs> 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 Over explaining it, Sam was a gay man having sex with other gay men. <laughs> Awkward, uh, you hate that, don't you? <laughs> oh my god, no, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, KW, so that's that answers your first question at least a little bit. Just remember that all breakups take time. Also, Absolutely. my most abusive relationship, like I'm still pulling those yep. slivers of trauma out of myself years after that, it, after it happened. Yep. Um, and just be patient with yourself, you're Absolutely. doing great and you're doing the right. Head and heart work and um, two fellow community members. Love you all Absolutely. the way from Minnesota. And to your second question, you know what? Come out when you're ready. You owe them nothing. Yep. I know the pressure of keeping yourself from your parents, especially, yep. ugh, especially the pressure. I think a lot of people out there that maybe are either queer or have some sort of multifaceted identity that one part they share and the other part they don't. It's... I think that it's really hard the duality of having homophobic parents mm-hmm. who you also love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: like you love them as a family member maybe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that you don't love this part of them and so it's like you feel like this weird very specific guilt about not sharing your whole self with them because you love them but they also make you feel unsafe that they yep. are un that they are not a safe space for you to be who you are. Yep. And that's just such an interesting Getting pulled in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're the ones that are making it not a safe space. Yep. So, yep. What I would like to do is just like put my hands on your shoulder lovingly and consensually Mm -hmm. and just say like the ball's in your court like all the chips are on your table like you get to decide when and how you want to do this you can do it tomorrow because you just are fed up of waiting you can do it in three months from now when you finally feel like you have the right words Mm -hmm. or you can do it In 10 years from now, it's it's all about you and your own agency.
1: Yep, for sure. And the fact that you're financially dependent on them is a real thing. Yeah. Like, it's definitely a consideration to take into account. um, Yeah. Like, if
0: we were your homies, um, which we are, (laughs) I would probably say wait. Yep. Until you're out of college.
1: Yep. Until you are ready. Until you are able to sort of make it on your own. Because, and it's not. I don't want you to feel guilty about that. I want to under, no, you to you, recognize that like your parents' feelings about the queer community are what is causing you to have to do this. Right. And be this right. sort of conniving and, and, and intentional about the way that you act around them. Right.
0: What you're doing is ensuring they will be good parents. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, I love that. You withholding this part of you is you doing labor to ensure that they will be good to you. Yeah. You're protecting yourself. That's and, right. And that's okay.
1: Yep. And so I think the two connections here that I'm seeing are about sort of chosen family too, Mm. right? Like how do you, how do you find, or how do you divorce the negative associations with your identity and how do you sort of build that family? Right. Because your parents aren't going to, are clearly not being there for you right now. So who are the people that you have in your life that are going to take care of you and provide those things that your parents aren't providing for you right now. And those people are going to be the people that help you figure out what it means to be queer and not what it means to be queer and traumatized.
0: Mm, I love that, Sam.
1: Chosen family is a cliche, but it's so real. It's
0: not a cliche. (laughs) It's so real. It's not been overused enough to be a cliche yet. (laughs) Like, come talk to me when you want to to talk about ribcage imagery, but not... (laughs) that's a read. (laughs)
1: Hey, all you aspiring poets out there.
0: (laughs) No, no. Um... Ma- Let's talk a little bit about coming out yeah. um just for a minute because I also want to like acknowledge KW that it sounds like you want to too. Yep. And just because you can't trust your parents to be good parents after you tell them, yep. doesn't mean you you don't you you shouldn't tell them. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that you're like financially secure yep. and that you're physically safe and yep. emotionally safe. But like also you can't cater yourself around people your whole life. Yeah. Like you can't We want to, like, we want to say both statements, which is, one, you owe them nothing. You can come out whenever you're ready. You don't even have to ever tell them if you don't want to because it's all about you and your agency and your relationship to your identity. Right. But also, fuck them. If they're going to be homophobic, if they're going to cling to an outdated, fucking, archaic, religious institution that hates gay people. Right. Not talking about anything specific or anything. (laughs) (laughs) They're... Their moment of empathy will come, like yep. they, if they are true parents, if not, not true parents. Or, you know, not all parents have parental instincts, but yep. um, I would hope that they would see that having a happy, um, whole child living their most authentic life is more important hmm. um, than any book. Or any word given by anyone else.
1: Absolutely. And I will say, also take into consideration that you just think about the fact that you want to tell them in your own way and not let someone else do it. Mm -hmm. And the longer that you wait without telling them about yourself, the more likely it is that they're going to find out in a way that you can't control your own narrative and and have that, Mm -hmm. that moment.
0: That's an interesting thing to add. And so just... Is that just because they walk, your parents walked in on you? <laughs> Make it out with a boy and you couldn't control your own narrative? <laughs> yes. So
1: I didn't get to choose when I came out. It was chosen for me. Yeah. Um, And I think that I'd like missed out on, yeah. on being able to tell them.
0: Yeah. Um, KW, we know that this is a multifaceted answer, but like we just uh, want you to know that you're supported on all angles and we're just giving you our ideas. Like yep. I, I didn't come out t- to my dad until I was 27. And I had been, you know, sexually active for a decade plus with men and women. And um, I finally came to, I had a great relationship with my dad. And I finally came to a point of realization that, like, I was no longer being my whole authentic self with him. Mm -hmm. And it felt fake. My relationship felt fake. And I came to my own personal choice. Like, internally, I came to my threshold where I was like... I'm willing to risk any discomfort um, and I want my dad to know all of me. Yep. Um,
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So, which is to say that when there is no right or wrong way to come out,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: the only way, the best way to come out is the way that you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so just, just know that you are, you are going to make the right decision for you um, and trust yourself.
0: Yeah. And if they don't take it the way that we want them to take it, Um, know that there are hundreds and hundreds of other hearts that love you exactly as you are. Absolutely.
1: You can and come hang out t- with us.
0: <laughs> we are two of them. We love you, KW. Good luck.
1: Thank you. All right. So this letter is from Zoe G from Georgia. Um, I just want to give a trigger warning uh, that this is about an abusive relationship. So if, if you're feeling um, unsafe with that, please just skip ahead a bit. Zoe writes, "I'm a 19-year-old girl in my first long-term heterosexual relationship. Two years as of May. However, we have been close friends for six years. I was diagnosed with anxiety when I was only nine years old and have struggled with it my entire life. I was also diagnosed with PTSD at only 13. I have been in therapy since I was little, which in some ways is its own kind of damage. All of a sudden, the uh, sorry. All of a sudden, my boyfriend has stopped acknowledging my anxiety as real." And any time I'm affected by it, he turns it into a fight. I can't even vaguely hint or accidentally bring up any part of my life affected by it. He's telling me it's not real, that I can't prove it, that I just need to suck it up and not expect special treatment, which I don't. I have grown up into a functioning person. I live alone. Mm. I work with kids and I'm highly respected and constantly getting positive feedback. Mm. I maintain a good GPA. I managed my anxiety extremely well and was even able to go off medication. I almost never let it affect him or our relationship. I don't go to him when I have panic attacks. I don't expect him to save me. I don't expect him to deal with it. It's never been a problem in the six years I've known him. However, sometimes I try to vent to him about life or or I break down in front of him or tell him that having sex will upset me. Mm. And he goes off on me. He turns into a monster, which normally includes hating me blocking me or verbally abusing me in some shape or form. This is all new too, very new, maybe as of two months ago. I don't know how to deal with any of this. I'm starting to doubt everything. I'm starting to doubt if it's even real. I'm starting to doubt why I can't just turn it off. Mm. I'm starting to hate him and want to hurt him. I find myself daydreaming about ways I could just put him in jail, but I realize how much I love him. When do I? What do I do when I've started to see this monster replace the man I love? <sighs> Where did he go? Why doesn't he love me or believe me anymore all of the sudden? Where to draw that line between I love you unconditionally and you've taken every part of me? When do I leave? Oh, Zoe. Zoe. Wow. I just want to hold you in my heart right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just think I want to take a little tender moment because (laughs) there's so many Things going on in this letter um, that pull at Sam and I. And um also this is a lot to be dealing with at only 19. Yep. And I don't mean only in a diminutive way, but you know, you are you said that you've been in therapy for a long time and you're dealing with anxiety and PTSD. And you're keeping a great GPA and you live alone and you're respected and you're hardworking and um this is a lot. Like I I just want to like hold you for a moment. Um and maybe I can hold you um for uh the next couple minutes in this podcast and let you know that you're okay that you're doing good and that you are safe here with me and Sam mm-hmm. and that you're not making this up and you're not crazy and nothing you've done um, means that you deserve to be treated like this. Absolutely. In fact, you deserve somebody who makes you feel safe and yep. heard and seen. And um, and most importantly, I'm so sorry this is happening. Yep. I'm so sorry.
1: You are worthy of good love, you would be worthy of good love even if you didn't live alone, mm-hmm. even if you didn't have a job, mm-hmm. even if you didn't have a good GPA. Even if your
0: anxiety affected every single day.
1: You would still be worthy of good yes. love. Yes. And I can, I can just feel how hard you're trying. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know that we see it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that even without all of that, we would still love you.
0: Right. Um, but let's talk about the relationship a little. Um, we want you to know that these lines have been crossed, that these lines are real and that you can't go back from crossing these lines. You asked, where is the man that you love? Like, where did he go? And this might sound extreme, Zoe, but I think he's gone. Mm -hmm. I I can no longer, I've, I've described it before in uh, when other relationships in my life have changed. I've said, I've seen things that I cannot unsee. Yep. And I cannot unsee what you've told me, Zoe. Mm -hmm. I can't erase what he's done to you and just look at the good years, the six years, right? Um, This sounds like some sort of um, mental breakdown of his own, right? Absolutely. His inability to deal with this and to snap like this so hard makes me think that he's dealing with something um, internally or chemically or substance wise, like uh, something's going on here where he's no longer the man that you loved years ago.
1: Absolutely. And that's not to excuse his behavior in any way. Right. But it is to, to sort of take him from terrible, terrible monster to human that doesn't have the power over you that he thinks that he, that you think that he does. Right.
0: And you know, what's funny. Um, Zoe, in our notes, we like write notes on letters. Um, before we do the episodes uh, just to keep us on track. But we wrote people who love you don't hurt you. Mm. And I actually want to disagree with us. Mm. I think people who love us hurt us constantly.
1: Yes. And I think that's true.
0: I think that what it becomes confusing in instances of domestic violence, because this is what it is. Zoe, you can claim that whether you want to or not, But I'm going to, as an outsider, I'm going to say your intimate partner is physically harming you. Yep. Um, That we want the people who love us to be unable to do the things that they're doing to us. Mm. Like we want to, we want everything to make sense. Mm -hmm. We want to say the person who loves me will never hit me. The person who hit me, he loves me, so he will never hit me again. Mm. Like, we want it to make sense. When in reality, like, he probably does love you, Zoe. He probably does. And you love him, obviously. But that love isn't enough. Right. That unconditional love is not sustainable.
1: Yep. Uh, That's such a good point. I also, I just have to talk. uh, This is a domestic violence situation, right? Right. And we just want to say... Domestic violence escalates mm. um, and it does get worse. Um, and so our concern, our concern is for you and for your safety. Right. And we understand that it is very difficult to leave abusive relationships. And there might be things at play here that we don't know about. Right. That might we make only it, know this letter. Right. We, that might make it unsafe for you to break things off, but you are young. You are not married. You don't live together. You don't have kids together. Like, it's only gonna get harder and harder to leave.
0: Right. And your love for him won't protect you. Yeah. And it that's won't.
1: a that is a hard thing for us to say. And I think it's a hard thing for you to hear, but it's the reality of it.
0: Yeah. And again, we don't wanna put anytime we talk about things like this, like we don't want to put a label on it that you haven't claimed. But in this moment, Zoe, like we feel like you're big brother and sister. And mm-hmm. and and from what you've said about what you've shared with us just in this short letter there's no gray area for us. Yep. We're not speculating in this instance. Like this is domestic violence and this is a situation that will escalate. Yep. And maybe let's like move away from the intensity and just say like Zoe this is not what love is. <laughs> no. This isn't what love is. No. And maybe you were taught at a different time in your life that this is what you can expect from love, but it's not. It's not. This is not love you might love him but this is not a healthy relationship this is not how people you can expect people to treat you Mm -hmm. this is not what you can ask of people you can ask so much more of them and yourself
1: yep absolutely
0: and i know that that feels so far away right now but i promise you when you get there it's gonna feel like summer every day
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and this is another instance where where the six years don't matter right now. Right. Right. Like take stock of what is happening presently um, and it's not good. Right. And you don't deserve that. And it entrenching yourself from the six years of friendship will be difficult, but like it's not worth you staying in right. something that's so bad right, right now.
0: This is like a little like lighter and off topic, but Jessica Salgado is a poet that I've spoken about on the podcast before and she tweeted once and has like posted it since then. But like um if you're not going to stay get out of way out of the way for someone who will mm-hmm. and i'm going to take an idea from that and just say this person is taking up space in your life mm-hmm. he's loving you so poorly and so toxically and so abusively that he is taking up space in, where someone could love you well
1: mm-hmm. right absolutely you have so much wonderful potential you have so you have a capacity for love that is clearly amazing right what would it look like if it was going towards someone who could love you back in a, in a much better and much healthier way right
0: and you ask why doesn't he love me or believe me anymore all of a sudden and i want to say to you clear and simple it's because he is broken mm. his brokenness in one way or another is making him unable to love you and believe you and support you yep it has nothing to do with you nope it is his inability to be there for you yep and if he's using your anxiety Um, against you, if he is making you feel like you can't show all of yourself to him, if he's forcing you to have sex, even though you feel uncomfortable, all of that to me leads down this road of toxicity and abuse. Um, And I just want to say one more time, like shout it, shout it to the rooftops. Like you do not deserve this.
1: Yep. So our recommendation for you is what's your exit strategy? Yes. So we, We want you to get out of this relationship. We want you to do it in a way that is safe.
0: And we're not going to tiptoe around this.
1: Nope. We're definitely not because we feel so passionately that this, that his behavior is so unacceptable that you need. And
0: it will escalate.
1: Yep. So who are you talking to? Are you talking to your friends? Are you talking to your family? Do you need to go to court? Do you need to get an order of protection for yourself? Like, what are the things that you need to do to get out of this? Because. It's unsafe and it's only going to get more unsafe.
0: And I um, have had the privilege of working at a domestic violence shelter before. And I just want to say, Zoe, and again, we're really we apologize for our bluntness, but this is just how seriously we take this. Um, What I love about so many domestic violence shelters across um, the country is not just do they provide a shelter for people they provide so many resources support mm-hmm. groups um, therapists that you can talk to for free yep. even pamphlets honey like even just information on what love is supposed to look like what abusive love looks like yep. it makes you feel less alone when you see your experiences in print somewhere else for sure so if you don't feel safe talking to your friends or family um, if you don't want to go to um, the police then at least think about what resources are in your area and um, I know for a fact that Georgia will have so many, so many resources for you or online. Just for me, I find a lot of solace and comfort and empowerment in 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 not feeling alone, in reading justification about why I'm not crazy or why my significant other didn't um, have a right to treat me that way. I remember um, there's this chart called like... Um, Ugh, I don't remember what it is. It's like a circle chart about abusive relationships. And years after my first abusive relationship, I found that chart and I was totally shook. Wow! Because I felt so justified. I was yep. like, "Oh my god, he checked my email. He used to watch me on the phone. He mm. didn't let me hang out with my friends. He isolated me. He forced me to have sex. Like I was, I I was like a checklist." Yep. And Zoe, like it, it made me feel empowered. It made me feel less crazy. So, so go to your friends, go to your family, um, go to your local resources. I
1: want to give you the the domestic violence hotline for the state of Georgia. It's one eight hundred three three Haven. That's one eight hundred three three four two eight three six, um, and that is through the uh, Georgia Coalition Against Domestic Violence, and they will have resources for you in right. a way that we can't provide. Right. Um, so please give them a call and f- and find a way right to to exit this relationship as quickly as possible. And
0: they can also help you with an exit strategy because um we know in instances like this, like people know where you live. um you might share keys with him. you might share friends and a mm-hmm. social situation. Yep. and um, we want you to just get yourself into a safe situation as um, swiftly um, and as safely as possible. Absolutely. Zoe, we love you. We
1: love you so much. And we want
0: to leave you with so much um, care and belief in yourself.
1: Yeah, That absolutely. we know
0: that you deserve love that looks different than this. Absolutely. And we want you to go find it.
1: We love, love you. you. Thank you.
0: All right. Last letter of episode 10. This is Monique, who is writing from The Void. Monique writes, "Hi there. I'm a 32 year old female. I'm a PhD student with a full life, with a life full of meaningful work, great friends, volunteer projects, and a giant dog. Oh! <laughs> Despite all that, the romantic relationship areas of my life are stra- is straight up garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the spotlight shined brighter than ever on the garbage dump after my last situationship. I love that word See? situationship. I know
1: it's from the readers. I mean the listeners." Yeah.
0: Um, the man I was dating came on hot and heavy with lines that sounded straight out of a rom-com, except as a sociologist dating a man in public policy. This was more along the lines telling of telling me he wanted to partner up with my fine ass to change the world. Love Damn it. it. Oh, my God. That I totally, would work on me so fast. I know. I'd be like, uh, do you want to start a nonprofit <laughs> with me? You want to recycle with me? <laughs> Um, the first red flag started waving boldly when he decided to initiate our first sexual encounter while I was asleep.
1: Men are dogs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't insult dogs like that, Sam.
1: All right. Okay. Continue.
0: When he mentioned when I mentioned being surprised that I woke up to him penetrating me for the first time, he shrugged and said he thought I was awake. You're an idiot, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was me, not the letter. Um, <laughs> uh, I have never been like is this person sleeping or awake? Who knows? Like, that has
1: never, like, stumped me. Yeah, never once had sex with a sleeping person. I'll no, tell you that much. No, no,
0: no. Yeah, me neither. I um, like, if that was an SAT question, I would pass.
1: <laughs> the one question you got right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. I have never Just taken kidding. the SATs. Oh, really? Yeah, I dropped oh. out of high school and went straight to college. Kids to go to school. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. All okay, right. I'm confused. Back to your letter, continue. Monique. I'm sorry. Um, uh, my brain flooded itself with reasoning to protect itself from the assault, the trauma and the crime that it was. After that, everything changed. Compliments gone. Communication dwindled and I was no longer, quote, aligned with his main passions in life, end quote. And therefore, I was no longer what he considered relationship material. For months, we existed in the gray area of, quote, let's just be friends, but I'm going to make sure, always make sure that you don't see anyone else and I'm going to still try to have sex <laughs> with you. But hey, it's just friends. Don't be mad. You are the one that can't handle it when you are the one that uh, falls for the societal expectations that this is now a relationship of lesser value, puke. Um, that's also hysterical, Monique, you're <laughs> killing this letter. Uh, I tried several times to say the new situation hurt my feelings, but was always met by some excuse uh, why my feelings weren't valid. One day, I finally stood up for myself, pointed out his hurtful behavior, and said that I felt disrespected and wanted to cut communication. He fired back that he was sick of baseless character <laughs> attacks. What is this guy, fucking Trump. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God, what it is? I'm sorry. Oh my God. Oh, I got to keep reading because she says, and was done with me as well. At that point, I realized I might have been involved with someone with Trump level delusions. Hashtag block, block, block. Oh my God. Great minds think alike, Monique. She continues and writes, I've been able to stay strong and we haven't spoken amongst. Hashtag bless the block. Anyways. While this is the largest piece of garbage in the relationship dump, my other two relationships have been (laughs) the same theme of lack of of respect. I'm now getting therapy to unpack the trauma of my last experience, but also working on my pattern of engaging these types of men. But my question is... I'm always told, "quote There's better. You don't have to settle for that. There's men out there who wouldn't dream of treating you like that. Or my favorite, there will be someone who won't make you do this kind of work. It'll be his joy to love you. Literally, those are things that we have said on the podcast. I'm pretty I sure, feel yeah. a little dragged." <laughs> Is this actually freaking true? She writes in all caps. Everything I've experienced has been so far from this. I am I think part of my issue is that I don't think better exists. I know this pod mostly deals with the darker side of things as well. But have you both seen or experienced real, respect-filled, loving relationships? What does this look like? Thank you, big-time hearts.
1: Love this letter, Monique.
0: Monique, let's be friends forever. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your trauma because your trauma is totally real. Yes, but you, and this is just such just written great that in such a clever way. Yes. Um, Sam, does real. What does she write? Um, real, respect filled, loving relationships. Do they exist?
1: Yes. I'm going to say yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I think that they do. Um, I mean, I don't think that perfect relationships exist in any way, uh, but I will say that I think that my relationship with Peter is real and respect filled um, and loving. Yeah. Uh, in a way that I don't think that I expected to find
0: someone. I'm going to puke all (laughs) over your microphone.
1: Um, yeah, I know that's gross, but no, it's no for sure. I mean, I was in, I was in awful relationships with awful people. And then I was in relationships with a lot of very well-meaning, but like fine people, fine people. Um, and then was sort of just met Peter and was like, oh, This is what it feels like to be loved by someone who, like, loves me for me, wants to be with me, is willing to put in the work to, like, be with me.
0: I love Peter so much.
1: Um, And, like, it's clearly changed my life. So it does exist. I
0: have a question. Okay. When you (laughs) got with Peter, were you like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Was it did it feel so different or was it like a slow build where all of a sudden one day you were like, this is really good.
1: It was a slow build. Yeah. I mean it was it wasn't I mean and I, Peter and I've talked about this but like Peter didn't like sweep me off my feet. It wasn't like, "Oh my god, who is this?" and then like this this is like the best relationship I've ever had. It was like we connected, we liked each other, we went on dates and then we just kept going on dates and then our relationship just like grew together. We um
0: Yeah, your intimacy grew.
1: Right? We we love each other very much. We we support each other and it just feels like it's of course it's a challenge. Of course it is, but it feels easy to be in relationship with right. him. Right, it's an
0: easy choice. How about yes, that? that's it's good. not. E- that's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. what it is. Yeah, oh, I love that. That it's not easy to be in relationships, but the right ones, it's a, ch- it's an easy choice to be there. Absolutely. Um, also, I want to say that I love witnessing your relationship with Peter and to the listeners out there, like Sam and Peter, are committed to the head and heart work together, mm-hmm. and they know that they for their relationship to be well. Um, they have to do that work. Yep. They have to constantly check in with the quality of their relationship and the, their mental health and how they're, it's affecting them, etc. Yep. Um, Monique, I want to speak to my experience um, as the single one here, <laughs> 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 who always makes jokes about the garbage. Um, cans that she dates
1: it's so good i love the idea of a relationship dump (laughs) where you just throw the garbage in
0: (laughs) yeah but also that they like dump all their trash on you (laughs) oh that too (laughs) and you just like walk away smelling like a trash can that's right um monique uh i think that real true respect filled love is out there because the most pivotal relationships of my life haven't been toxic Mm. like even the ones that didn't work Because of one reason or the other, because we were incompatible or because of where we were in our lives or because of our own trauma or whatever. You know, like the most important relationship of my life was with a man who I still love. Mm -hmm. And that was never that was a good, true, respect filled love. That was real. It was real. And, you know, we we did the work that we needed to do. Um, And it was beautiful. And painful, and yep. bittersweet, and beautiful. Yep. And um, I I think it's just important to point out that like that relationship ended, and and but I still think of it as with such affection. Mm-hmm. Um, in comparison to you and Peter, who are about to get married. Oh my god. Um, I think for me, and I feel a little kindred with you, Monique, that mm-hmm. like you are you feel like you're attracting these like s- you know sociopathic, toxic men. Um, I do think that the more you are attuned to the triggers of that, the more you can recognize what men you want to stay away from. Mm -hmm. And it sucks because sometimes we're attracted to those people.
1: For sure. But like
0: something that I'm unpacking right now, Monique, is like my response to certain kinds of masculinity Mm. in men or women. Yep. And how. I can I tend to bend or feel submissive or oh. allow toxic behavior from certain energies some yep. from certain masculine energies from sure. both men and women yep. um and then I know now at 32 also that I can't have a sustainable healthy relationship with people who who make me feel small because sure. of the energy they bring to us
1: Absolutely and I'm going to tell you right now that that feeling doesn't go away even when you're in a relationship Ugh. too like I mean it's it does like I don't feel that with Peter but th- there are still times when I meet people in the world where you're I can like, feel their like masculinity you. yeah yeah and I'm like I just like Immediately return to that person who's like, please hurt me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. And it sounds like, Monique, like, we wrote on our show notes. I want to share one that I love. We just wrote, kicking ass in life. (laughs) It sounds like you're kicking ass in life. It sounds like you're a badass bitch who knows what she wants and who... Um, is killing it with these great friends and meaningful work and yep. volunteer projects. For and sure. hey, you're putting yourself out there. You're trying these relationships.
1: Absolutely, that's and great.
0: like instead of being like, oh my god, I'm a magnet to all these horrible people. Be like, dang, I have so much compassion and. And capacity to forgive and endure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Yeah. I have all of this, but guess what? Now I'm going to draw different lines because right. you're not a magnet for these shitty people, but you do need to set the boundaries and do the work.
1: For sure. And also know, like, you're kicking ass in life, but it would be okay if you weren't. Yeah. And if you aren't feeling like you're kicking ass, that's okay, too.
0: Sam, you're so good. <laughs>
1: like, that's that's good. <laughs> the fact that you're in therapy and you're talking about this, like, good. Yes. You're. I mean it's good to be able to talk about these things. It's good to also like put on your confidence and like move in the world in that, but just make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And what I think is great is that it does sound like you are.
0: Yeah. I love that you finally had your last, like your, um your last straw with this dude. And you were like, I'm feeling disrespected. What the fuck? And then he was like all Trump and terrible. Um, <laughs> yep. And I think that like um, in a recent breakup, Monique, I, literally said to sam like i think i'm more emotionally intelligent than my heart is letting me be Mm -hmm. and i made the choice Mm -hmm. i made the actual honest to god choice to allow myself to enact the things that i knew were true Mm -hmm. which is my boundaries became a lot firmer my standards became a lot higher and i didn't Hold on to that hurt or that grief, and I didn't define myself by someone else's desires of me right. or the failed relationship or whatever. Right. I, le- I I moved on so quickly because I let myself uh, embody the things I knew were true. And Monique, Ooh. it sounds like you know where your standards are.
1: Yep, absolutely. So so embrace them and let your let your heart catch up to the the work that your head is yeah, already done. Totally.
0: And good love is out there. It is. I mean, I don't think we would do this podcast. If there wasn't good at love out there, nope. Um, you're right. We do tend to talk about the dark sides of life or of love, but like that's the world. Yep. That's it's it's never going to be perfect, but we we do know that there are people out there that won't make you feel like garbage.
1: Absolutely. Let's directly quote your letter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's spit this advice back at you, and then
1: you can walk away from the relationship dump and like never even think about it. But
0: also, like maybe one thing I want to end with is like yeah. I like that you have these standards, Monique. I like that you're kind of skeptical of love because (laughs) meaning, like, I don't think it's the worst idea to walk around in in the relationship world being like, um, I don't want to be treated like garbage. Yeah. And I've been treated like garbage before. Like, I I don't want you to be um, uh, pessimistic or jaded. Yep. But, like— flaunt your sense of self for sure and flaunt your confidence and 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 your ability to fucking kick ass at life without a man
1: for sure and And also
0: like good job going to therapy and dealing with all that too
1: and there's there are i think that you are probably sort of figuring out the way to walk through the world with enough confidence in yourself and enough uh, confidence in the standards that you have without Mm -hmm. also being closed off to people totally and i think that that is great so totally i think you're doing it
0: totally all right awesome we love you let's hang out sometime
1: yeah if you're ever in minneapolis hit us up
0: yeah all right folks that wraps up episode 10 um we like to end every
1: (laughs) you just said 10 so i pitched
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel orgasmic about it (laughs) 10 10 We like to end every episode with the blind date segment of our show, which is where we set you up with something that we want you to go home with. The blind date of this week is a poet that I'm obsessed with right now, and her name is Ada Limon. The last name is L-I-M-O-N. And I found her work recently. I'd known her name, but I just, like, spent all of Saturday night, like, sitting in my bed and reading her work and crying at like the graceful audacity of words and how poetry just moves me and i i think her work is so beautiful and i'm going to share a really quick poem so you can it could be like your um teaser into ada Lamoni you can go and google her and find more work by her um this poem is called love poem with apologies for my appearance sometimes i think you get the worst of me the much-loved loose forest green sweatpants, the long, braless days, hair knotted and uncivilized, a shadow, shadowed brow where the devilish thoughts do their hoofed dance on the brain. I'd like to say this means I love you. The stained white cotton t-shirts, the tears, pistachio shells, the mess of orange peels on my desk. But it's different than that. I move in this house with you the way I move in my mind. Unencumbered by beauty's cage. I do like I do in the tall grass, more animal me than much else. I'm wrong. It is that I love you. But it's more that when you say it back, lights out a cold wind through curtains, for maybe the first time in my life, I believe it. Mm. And that's Ada Limon. That'll be your blind date for this show.
1: That's great. Uh, before we go into the closing, we just want to shout out everyone that has written a letter to us that we have not been able to answer.
0: Oh my gosh, y'all! We get so many submissions, and we love and we we love each submission, and we read each submission too.
1: Yep, and it's just it's amazing how many of you have. Um, put your trust in us and told us your stories. It's just fantastic and our heart goes out to all of you. Yeah. We don't have enough time to read all of the letters on the show and we feel bad about that. Yeah,
0: and so we try to make the best most executive decision about the letters that we choose. We we keep in mind timing, we can keep in mind topics that we've covered, we keep in mind um let the the format of the letter, everything like that. Um and we just go, uh, we make the executive decision with a little bit of direction from our hearts. Absolutely. And so we want to know if you haven't heard from us. We've read your letter. We love you. We, we are trying to get to as many as we can. Um, we're still answering letters from July right now. <laughs> yep. um, so, yeah, we just love you. Hang in. Hang tight. Um, yeah. We just want to acknowledge you, I guess.
1: Great. Alright, so you can like us on Facebook or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod.
0: You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can send us your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com.
1: Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. This literally keeps the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
0: (laughs) Original music, recording, producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And for today's closing affirmation, um, Sam and I want to hold space for the idea of talking to our exes. So right now, to the void, I want to say... I thought of you the other day while listening to a song, and I didn't think of you with pain, and I didn't think of you with resentment. I just thought of you, and I thought of how nice it was to hold you inside of me without hurt or regret or resentment, and I hope you're carrying me the same way. I hope you're doing well out there. To all of our broken-hearted friends out there, remember that the way you carry people doesn't have to grate against you, that they can just be a memory. They can just be someone who loved you once, who believed in you once, and their memory doesn't have to hurt forever. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.